There's a new mobile app out called Blue Guardian that uses artificial intelligence or AI to help kids track their mental health. Founder Emmanuel Akundale had some bad experiences with mental health when he was a kid, including teachers who just kind of brushed him off rather than offering help. Many of us can be a little bit suspicious of AI, but Emmanuel says that apps like ChatGPT use publicly available intelligence and knowledge to make information basically hyper-available to everyone. Blue Guardian only tracks what he says is emotional intelligence and is based solely on the individual using the app. AI is new to most of us, so I'm going to stop right here and let Emmanuel walk us through it. Emmanuel, it's a pretty exciting week for you. You, uh, you launched your app, Blue Guardian, on uh, Monday for the beginning of Mental Health Week. That must feel really great. A lot of work, I'm assuming, went into it. Yeah, it's a lot of work, and um, it's not just me and Kyle. It's We had an entire team behind us of researchers ranging from AI to psychology to tons of different backgrounds. And, I mean, the amount of work and research that was put into this um, is amazing, like day after day, long hours. And, well, that's what allowed us to finally be able to launch. You had some personal experience uh, growing up when you were a teenager with some mental health struggles. Can you just tell me a bit about that and how that led you? Because I know that led you to developing Blue Guardian. Yeah. So for me, um, I was basically in high school when I started suffering with anxiety um, and I didn't really share it with the people around me. This wasn't something I felt very uh, comfortable um telling people about and i remember the first person i brought this up to was an educator and he was just completely unhelpful very dismissive he actually laughed at like what i was going through and didn't take me seriously and from there i started doing what a typical teenager does to solve his problems which is you know you try to google it away right so you go online um, and I realized two things through kind of that research, which, and the first one is first and foremost, there wasn't really anything for me to be ashamed about, um, just because this was affecting so many people, right? Like this is such a critical issue and, um, mental health is extremely important and seeking out help is not something that you should feel shame about. And the second thing I realized was there just was not enough resources, um, and specifically not enough resources for the most vulnerable population, which is young people, um, just not enough things geared towards them. So from there, I just started thinking about um, different solutions and different ways that um, I, we could probably change that. And that's kind of how Blue Guardian was born. You know, we're getting a lot better providing some mental health um support for young people. And it's uh, what I'm noticing is that more uh, kids, even down to early ages um, in, in elementary school, are getting a little more comfortable in talking about, about mental health because I think they're realizing that they're not alone. And, yeah. that, and that's really important. And I think schools are starting to do a better job at counseling. But we still have a long way to go in stigma and, and having that place where kids can go 
and maybe feel a little more comfortable about what's happening to them before they take that step to go yeah. to a parent or a teacher and say, I really need help. Um, what do I do? So the what is I think is is really interesting about this app is you know, it uses AI and artificial intelligence. And people are a little bit, you know, somewhat nervous about that. And I'm one of those people with, um, you know, do I want my information out there in the world? What are they doing with my information? Who is this, this, you know, mystical kind of place in the sky that people are going to learn all these things about me? But that's not how this app works. This app is specifically looking at what I put in personally, and then you're measuring Basically, um, uh, people can people type in. So you're so once you've turned on the keyboard, which you know we're going to go through the whole setup process. But what you're typing into a text or social media, um, the 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 app is measuring the keystrokes and the words. But they're only applying it, and the comparison is to me personally, not to the world in in general. Is that is that the way it works? Yeah, yeah. Well, so in a nutshell, I'll, I'll want to first talking about the the AI fear because this is um, something that I feel like it's very important because like everybody's fear about AI, in my opinion, is very much valid, and sometimes we're actually kind of undercoding the fear, in my opinion, um, because you know when I was in, I'm, I'm part of Generation Z, right? Like one of the biggest drivers for my generation was social media in terms of mental health, like that was the main thing for my anxiety. Um, when you're looking at the next generation, um, the tail end of Gen Z uh, and now Generation Alpha, the main driver of these mental health issues, it's going to be from AI. And it's going to be exponentially worse than what it was for Gen Z in regards to social media. And it's gonna happen much faster and it's going to be something that's going to be very difficult for parents to adjust, even who are proficient with social media, because this is a whole new technology. Um, so I think it's a very valid fear. And that's kind of kind of goes into what we're trying to do, which is like personalization, right? Like part of AI is that the threats that come from it from a child's perspective is that you can have very, very personalized content towards you that's designed to harass you, designed to put you in a bad like mental spot, right? What I think Blue Guardian's role is, is that we need to have a very hyper-personalized um, technology towards you. Like, how do you feel, right? Like, how can we bring out the best of your emotions? How can we help you work through what you're going through and connect you with the resources that are designed for you, right? So that's kind of, um, Blue Guardian. Not, and that's a privacy issue, right? That's what people really need to understand. Yeah. And from a privacy perspective, you measure two weeks and then that kind of is dumped and then you measure again. Is that, uh, that's my understanding. So you're not keeping AI for years and years and years, or sorry, information no. for years on that no. particular person in a database that could be hacked, for example. Yeah, it's not so, even AI isn't really even a database because it's not taking. Yeah. Um, so 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 the way so the way it works for us, right? And um, uh, Kyle likes to use this example is think of uh, a trip to Costco, 
right? Um, and you have a bunch of grocery bags kind of laying on uh, the in front of Cosmo, and then you have a bunch of cars, right? AI is basically the person who's going to take all the grocery bags and decide what car it's supposed to go into. What I mean by that is it's not necessarily concerned in what is in the bag, right? It doesn't really care what kind, like whether you, you got eggs or whether you got a bag of cereal, it just needs to take the bag to the right car. And that's kind of how the model in a nutshell and AI in a nutshell will work, right? So for us, what we're pretty much trained our model to do instead of getting groceries to the cart is we're trying to say, here's a string of text. Now tell me what emotion is behind this text. And then the one of our models, as well as a mental health model, where we look for signs of depression. And that's why we keep um, the text for slightly longer, um, which is, all right, here is basically a week of text now, make uh, a determination whether you think this person is showing science of depression or anxiety based on these inputs. Um, so once they once it makes that determination, whether it's yes or no, the text is uh, deleted. Yeah. So um, I, we were talking briefly before, and I said I, I downloaded the the app on Monday. Forgot to turn on the keyboard. So it actually wasn't measuring because it 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 measures for a bit before it actually yeah. tells you something. So let's just uh, start with um, setting it up. I know kids. I know kids are way more um, astute, um, but parents can also um, sign into this as well. So let's just quickly go through how you sign up. You download the app, Blue Guardian. So you go to your app store, depending on on what platform you're using for your phone, iPhone. Um, Google, whatever it is, Android. And you and once you download it, you, the first thing you need to do is go into the app and settings and turn on the mental health keyboard. Yes. Because if you don't do that, it can't recognize your keystrokes. Yeah, exactly. So the, like what you would want to do um, to have like very easy usage is yeah, go to settings, and there's two things actually go to edit. So on the top right of the keyboards, go to edit and you would want to drag up the keyboard as high as possible. So it's always easily accessible because some people have multiple keyboards. The second thing is you also want to press on that keyboard and say allow full access. And uh, Apple explains what full access is as well. And um, doesn't give us the ability to see your passwords. And like, that's something that's like, embedded into um, like Apple. Um, but what it does allow us to do is it allow us to take the text that's actually being uh, texted and send it to an AI model using your personal key on your iPhone, meaning that the only person, the only human being that could ever read the text is you. Um, even, no developer has any means, even Apple, to see that text. Yeah, and that's really, really important for privacy. And again, we're talking about mental health. So the need for privacy for someone using the app, um, you know, a teenager or even younger, they need to know that nobody can see that because yeah. they're not going to access it if there's any possibility that someone else can see that. When you go in, and I found this really, really helpful, 
if you go to the about us section, so you can test and say, like, what exactly do you mean by this? You can go to the about um, us uh, section and you can use the text analyzer, which is a demo, basically a version of it. So you can understand exactly what happens. So I went in and I, and I typed in sort of different levels of uh, my emotions for the day. And so it started with, you know, I feel lousy today. And, and it came back, you know what, you're, you're sad. Um, and, uh, and I went right up to, I feel like killing myself. And as I went through these deeper emotions and sort of more dangerous emotions, the message that I got was a little more serious. Now, again, because it was very general and it didn't have anything to measure against, uh, it, it had to be sort of a general um, statement. And when I'm using the real app, it's going to take that uh, and say, okay, what has Janice said in the past yeah. that we can match together and come to a determination of how she is feeling and then be able to, to reflect and say, we think this is how you're feeling. It doesn't say we think. It says, you know, it's indicated that you're feeling this way. Now, if it's getting into that more serious level, one of the ones was I'm, I'm being bullied and I'm afraid. Um, when it's getting into those more serious uh, levels, it says you would be, um, uh, I guess I should backtrack for a second. The first thing that you get to see is it gives you an, an end of day here are the emotions you were feeling for that day. It measures for the week. And then I believe it's sort of an all time. So you can see how commonly words have, you've used words to express how you're feeling. So you can see that and measure where you're going. But once, once the, the um, AI uh, sort of puts together that sort of rolling sense of, of where your emotional health is and your mental health is, it then connects you with resources. Yes. So how does how does that work? Yeah. So um, basically, uh, it, the features primarily in Ontario right now because uh, there are some virtual resources, but obviously we're based in Toronto, so we try to do as much resource mapping for um, um, for for our province first. Um, if we when you do your onboarding quiz, we ask you a series of questions, right? So you can identify as a newcomer. And there are specific resources for newcomers here in the province of Ontario. Um, you can identify as an LGBT youth. You can actually say what are the main causes of um, your, your mental health. Um, and those things allow us to basically filter through all of the different uh, mental health resources out there and give you a fairly condensed uh, list of possible resources while actually looking at our own insights for the model and saying, we've noticed this person uh, is showing uh, signs of potential anxiety. Are there any resources based on their personal profile and what we think is a concern that we can match them with? So it's like, what's the best resource that we can give you, right? Instead of kind of the entire list out there and hundreds of different ones that parents kind of have to sift through and kids also have to sift through. Let's try to give you one or two specific resources that we think are the best for you. Yeah, the difference is with, um, say, an, um, an anxiety app, when I view some of those, it's measuring me against, again, if, if we're talking about the personalization, it measures me against words that match 
every possibility. So if I put in anxiety, it matches anxiety against every possibility out there for anxiety in a database. And then it would match me to potentially a very large uh, resource that I could go to. And again, I'd have to go through them and figure out what would be good for me. But Kids Helpline, I'm guessing, is something that would come up as, as a resource, which again is a, a pretty private um, website that people that kids can go to and they can put in how they're feeling and, and talk and chat through that way with an app, with a person. Um, now it it does, in talking about that sign up, it does address some of the major issues that kids are facing. And one of the things that that younger people, and, and it's mostly girls, but a lot of, of boys are dealing with eating disorders. Yeah. And so when you look at how you've broken things down, eating disorders is something that, that, uh, that a person could put in. And then it would be looking for those sort of texts or, or keystrokes. I won't call them keystrokes. It looks for those keystrokes that would, I, you know, kind of say, okay, it looks like the keystrokes are talking about um, eating disorder. That is something that Janice put in as one of her major concerns. So we're going to watch for that more carefully as, as, we, as we go through. Uh, and then we would have already sort of the resources that person could reach out to. And are they, are some of them local? For example, in Niagara, we have Pastone mental health, which is a children's mental health agency. Uh, does it, ha does it target local like that? Yeah. So uh, also part of the onboarding is uh, like, what's the distance uh, that, that you feel comfortable going um, and actually seeking these resources. Sometimes if you're a young person, um, accessibility is a huge thing, right? If you're not in a position where you can actually be mobile or maybe you can't rely on transit or you can't drive. Right. So, Sometimes the answer is something as close as possible or uh, something virtual as well. So asking the person, um, what is the distance that is realistic for you to actually seek this resource um, that factors into our recommendations. When you say virtual, are you connected virtually with a person? Yeah, I mean, yeah, like so there. So like Kids Help Phone is an example of a virtual resource. Um, now, they, the one in Niagara, um, that's something that someone physically would uh, potentially have to go into unless they also have a set of virtual resources. So um, when we're making recommendations, um, that's just something that we have to factor in um, into our, our model. And then building the app, you mentioned this at the beginning, um, mental health professionals were involved in the development of... Um, the whole AI process and, and specifically what would you recommend? So I think that's really, really important for people to understand yes. that you aren't just, you didn't just go online and say, oh, this might work and this might work and this might work. You had uh, mental health professionals in, involved from the very beginning. I want to talk about parents because you can give your parents access to the results, so they could go in and see what are the what are the main keywords that you're putting in, what you know the today, the this week, the this month. Uh, how, yeah, do, how, I, does I wanna, it, how does I wanna, it? I wanna, sorry, I, I want to say this. So, um, 
it's not based on keywords, right? Oh, so, okay. Um, I guess, us, yeah, because that would be databasey, wouldn't it? Yeah, like yeah, for okay. us, it's not necessarily based on keywords. It's a it's a pattern of speech, right? So we're trying to break down the context behind a sentence holistically. It's kind of the same way like a human being um, needs like the entire sentence to have context. Uh, it's the same way that we're trying to train our model. So if it's only keywords, then it can be problematic, um, even in terms of the accuracy. So we try to take the whole sentence and then determine what is the overall emotion behind the sentence, and then look at a list of sentences and inputs over a week and say, what is the overall uh, science? Is it overall healthy or is it overall anxiety or depression? Right, because you could use words for, you know, for example, man, I'm so stupid because I didn't study for that part of the test. I'm a loser. Yeah. You're not going to look at just the words stupid and loser. You'll yeah. look at that full sentence and realize that that's not me indicating any kind of mental health issue that needs maybe some some resources or some connections taken in it's in if you put it in that sort of overall context that me that's me saying anything that any kid might say after they feel like they really you know yeah trashed a yeah. test exactly and that in that sentence is actually a little bit sarcastic right like it's 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 right. our, so our model we actually trained our our model to be able to pick up because one of the emotions is sarcasm right um and you know to not get too like technical, like that's one of the biggest things in like natural language processing in the field on how do you build a good sarcasm model, right? Because it's heavy, 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 heavy on context, right? You need as much context as possible. Um, so that's just another thing that we have to factor in. Like for us, it's more than just like um, today, like this is so hot, right? Or like this is cold or this, or and then you try to look, oh, well, cold and hot. I know what cold and hot is. Like we need to be able to understand every single part of that sentence and the context behind that sentence around you. And, and it's always going to build out, right? Because like you said, generation alpha is coming along and yeah. the context and the words and the way they talk and see the world will change. So I think that's exactly. where it gets important that you're tracking that particular person. It's important that parents can have some access to how their their child is feeling because it's it's good that the kid can go on and see this but will they be able to take the action or really be able to synthesize that so they can connect it for their parents who can follow along but is it does does the person who's setting up the app have to make that decision to say yes I want my my parents to be involved yeah yeah so on every single uh, kid's account, you have a plus button on the top, right? On the first screen, that basically opens up a QR code and an overall code. So your parents, if you want to share with your parents, it's a quick scan or you just copy paste, you send them the code, as well as on your phone, you can manage them. So you have the capacity to turn it off. You have the capacity to turn it on um, and see change who you feel is a trusted person to actually share these results with. Like the main thing behind this is we want kids to have some level of ownership behind 
their mental health, but also have the capacity to control who is the adult that they trust in their life, right? And by having that option, I feel like kids are just going to be more trusting of the app. Um, fundamentally, are going to feel like this app is for them. And that's kind of what we want, right? We don't want it to be like the school or um, your parents or anybody telling you what you have to do. It has it should be, this is something that's important. This is something I shouldn't feel ashamed or stigmatized about. And now anybody that I want to bring in in terms of something that's as critical as uh, to you as mental health, you have the ability to do so. It's a great idea. I think it's it's pretty groundbreaking for kids. And um, I'm sure that it's just going to keep growing. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, that's our goal. We want to get into as many uh, hands as possible.